Good morning. You are listening to Your Money, Your Purpose with Hammond Dials Wealth Advisors. Hammond Dials is a financial planning and life strategy firm providing ongoing education and coaching to help you build financial confidence while inspiring you to live according to your true purpose. And now your hosts of Your Money, Your Purpose, Greg Hammond and Scott Isles. Hello and welcome to Your Money, Your Purpose, the radio show and podcast for people who want to live life on purpose. Our goal is to awaken dreams and empower investors across three generations to live a life of freedom and fulfillment. And we're going to do that by leading conversations about purpose, how to align your money and investments to support your purpose, and meet some amazing people who are doing unbelievable things so we can learn from their wisdom and experiences. Now, one of our core values at Hammond Isles is to celebrate the opportunity to explore. And we've defined that value to be open-minded, to learn something new, to review, examine, and discuss our successes, failures, breakdowns, and breakthroughs. And today, as we start the new year, we want to take some time to look back, to explore and learn from 2020. Now, you might be saying, well, I, I don't want to explore 2020. I just want to forget it and move on to 2021. Well, we're here to tell you that there are four tremendously value investment lessons to be learned from 2020. And I wrote a blog post on these, and we'd like to share some of that information with you today. And it's called Four Investment Lessons to Learn from 2020. So, uh, Scott, what are your thoughts on kind of looking back on, on 2020? Well, it started out okay, um, you know, and, and obviously when we reflect on on the past 12 months, it was um, it was a difficult year, but it was also a really extraordinary year, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. But if we just look at it from, from the investing world, you know, really what a microcosm we had in a very short period of time that a lot of the things that we talk about, about investing all were um, highlighted along the way in, in 2020, you know, so you talk about the four lessons that, uh, that people can learn from it. Usually it takes longer than a year to learn these lessons and to stay true to them. So, um, you know, in your, in your blog post and looking at, you know, how things went, frankly, it was like a minor miracle that markets ended up where they were from where they were back in in March. And I reflect uh, March 20th was the day we decided to close. It was a Friday and we were still hemming and hawing on whether we should or we shouldn't. And we finally did and we said, um, you know, let's put our disaster recovery plan to the test. Take whatever you're going to need for the next couple of weeks and let's start working, (laughs) right? Start working from home and and, uh, the bottom the bottom of the stock market was on March 23rd, which was the following Monday. But there was no all clear whistle on the 24th that says, okay, the storm has passed. It's safe to get in the swimming pool again. That just, that doesn't happen. And at that particular time, if we look at it, not that many people were sick. Very few were sick. We were at a conference um, on March 6th down in Florida, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's, it's amazing how things change so dramatically, but the bottom of the stock market was March 23rd, and no one would have ever predicted that, right? There's just no way to know that. No one would have predicted COVID, right? So um, 
And then we look at where markets went from there. And we had a crazy election. Uh, well, we're still kind of dealing with that <laughs> a little bit. You know, we had a crazy election season and everything. And, you know, were all these predictions around what the markets were going to do. You know, if so-and-so was elected, you know, pick your poison. And um, it's the end of the world if the other guy wins, right? Mm-hmm. And we're still here. So it's not the end of the world. So when I'm talking, um, I think that's going to lead into your your first lesson. Absolutely. So the, the first lesson to be learned is if someone can predict the financial markets, they wouldn't tell you. You know, they'd be off on a beach somewhere, somewhere secluded where they can uh, relax and comfort and, and earn a living from their spoils. Um, and it's interesting when we look back at predictions a year ago, you know, we had just finished 2019 where the markets were up over 30%, tremendous year in the financial markets. And so the predictions were, well, 2020 is going to be a mediocre year because we had such a great run up uh, in the year before. And the thing to remember is that forecasts are just guesses. They're just that they're a forecast. Um, nobody can predict the future. Nobody could have predicted the pandemic. And even as the pandemic was starting to unfold, as you mentioned, I went back and listened to a, a conference call that was in March. And, and still at that time, you know, they were talking about the fact, well, there's only so many people infected. Um, it's going to be a relatively, you know, we'll get control on this and we'll, we'll, we'll move on to, to new things in a short period of time. And it's amazing to hear that mindset. And I can still remember being back in it at the time, and it made sense at that point, but it clearly was incorrect. And even around the pandemic, when you look at predictions of everything from, well, it's just going to be a few thousand people that may pass from it to, you know, it could be 2.2 million people. Um, and it's going to be somewhere in between at this point. Nobody can predict that as, as well. Um, there are just things that uh, we can't predict. But it's often when we see crashes in the market, it is exactly those things that we can't predict that come out of left field that trigger the sell-off. And uh, like we experienced in, in March of 2020, it can be very rapid and very quick. So if you can't predict it, is there a solution? Well, once you wrap your head around the fact that you, you can't uh, predict it, then it's, well, what is the best way to invest? And, and that kind of leads us to the, the second uh, investment lesson, which is <laughs> I'd like to title, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Diversification <laughs> is important. And you know there are a lot of things that are not going well in Argentina and South America right now um, with hyperinflation and just the economies. However, when we take a look at 2020 over uh, the last calendar year, um, you know, this week, uh, the Wall Street Journal put out a listing of country by country, kind of what their stock market performance has been. And despite the, the tremendous benefit that we've seen in the U.S. stock market and the recovery that many people would not have predicted that we would have ended 2020 with the Standard & Poor 500 index being up 16% for the year, the amazing thing is that there are 12 countries that did better than the U.S. 
And at the top of the list is Argentina. Their stock market in U.S. dollars was up 123.2% for those 12-month time frame. So, so your money would have doubled. Of course, who would have put all their money in Argentina, well, exactly right? exactly <laughs> it. But did you see anybody out on the news saying, hey, now would be a great time to invest in Argentina? Or even you know, in second place, South Korea, the markets were up 44.1%, or, or Denmark up 40.9%. So here are areas of the world where your money would have been up substantially. But if you're solely focused on just the U.S. and not looking globally to diversify, you're not going to capture that. And the, the same holds true for other parts of the market. And we'll talk a little bit more about those when we come back right after this. I'm Renee Dimino for Hammond Isles Wealth Advisors. Whether you and your family are well on your way to financial independence, still struggling with debt, a student about to launch your career, or experiencing a major change in your life, you won't want to miss the American Dream Experience Summit, a no-charge, no-obligation, two-day virtual seminar, January 28th and January 29th. The American Dream originated as an ideal where everyone has the right to pursue his or her own idea of happiness. You'll learn why now is the time to take action for your financial future from leading experts who will guide you in questioning your assumptions about happiness, freedom, and prosperity through the lens of personal finance. Register today for the American Dream Experience by visiting HIWealth.com. Sign up now and learn how the American Dream Experience can help bring your confidence and comfort around finances to new levels. Register at HIWealth.com. Welcome back to Your Money, Your Purpose with Greg Hammond and Scott Isles. And today we're talking about the four investment lessons to learn from 2020. I know there's many things that we want to forget about 2020, but we're taking a look back and exploring four investment lessons to learn from the calendar year 2020. And we started out by the fact that if someone can predict the financial markets, they wouldn't tell you. And so don't even try to predict the markets or listen to those forecasts. And we started talking a little bit about the second lesson, which I titled, Don't Cry for Argentina. Diversification is important. And that over the last 12 months, the Argentinian stock market was up 123.2%. Uh, South Korea up 44.1% and Denmark up 40.9%. And that's just looking globally around the world. Um, but the other part is to, to also look at the types of investments that you're investing in, both on kind of the size of companies, for example, uh, and that over the last several years, many people have been focusing on technology and large U.S. And it seems like you know that's the, the bandwagon right now. Everybody's jumping on. But interesting enough, after several years of large U.S. companies being the best performing area of the market, that ended up not being the case. Uh, it's kind of like that uh, horse race where you see that, that horse coming around the bend, coming up, pulling up, pulling up, and then at the finish line, finishes strong and wins the race. And that's exactly what we saw with small size companies in, in 2020. Uh, in, that, in the fourth quarter, um, which is October through December, if we look at the Russell 2000 index, which is a common index on looking at 2000 smaller size companies, that index increased by 31% in that three-month time frame at the end of 2020 versus the Standard & Poor 500 index, which was up 11.7%. 
And the Dow Jones Industrial Average, another index of large U.S. companies, that was up 10.2%. So it, it just goes to show you that diversification is important because it can happen very quickly. This was a matter of just 90 days. You could have gained 30% in just a 90-day stretch. Yeah, that's like three years of returns in three months. Um you know, when you, when you look at these things, like if going back to, you know, the joking about Argentina and South Korea and Denmark, most people don't even, couldn't probably couldn't even name a company from one of those countries, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is like, they wouldn't even know how you can invest in it. Is there an Argentinian fund? Probably not, right? Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, the same thing with, with small companies. People tend to invest in the bigger companies because they've heard of them. But the biggest returns often come from the smallest companies. And, you know, you want to own them. You want to own them all because there's no way to predict which one's going to be the best performer this year. Correct. But you want to own it, right? And the whole idea about diversification is that you have some of your money in all of these things that we we talked about. You know, so if you own stock in Argentina and it doubled in a year, like that's really awesome. But now you probably have more stock in Argentina than you want because it doubled in a in a 12-month period. Or if you look at, you know, small company stocks going up 31% in 3 months, that could throw your portfolio a little out of whack, right? Anyway, just looking at at those things, and just because they might be difficult to invest in, doesn't mean you shouldn't. Actually, you you definitely should, because diversification really truly is important. Well, and you, and you bring up a, a great point there that kind of leads into the the third investment lesson from 2020. Uh, as you mentioned, when Argentinian stocks did double in the year, now your portfolio is skewed. So it's important to rebalance. So lesson number three is to set it and forget it. Let rebalancing do its job. It's very easy to say, oh, wow, it's up 40% or it's up 100%. I'm just going to let it ride and let it keep going only to watch it reverse uh, and not do it. Also, when we do have times when things aren't performing well, that is even harder to rebalance. So when we take a look at uh, March 23rd being the bottom of the market, uh, for us, our systematic process and rebalancing is on a quarterly basis. So at the end of that first quarter, we started to take a look at rebalancing accounts in April. But yet you're still at, at just above the bottom of the market, questioning, you know, is this the bottom? Is it going to head down lower? Um, but yet you have to take the emotion out of it and rebalance. And that's one of the hardest things to do and why it's important to have a systematic process that just automatically does it for you so that you don't have to, to think about it. Yeah. Because if you, if you start thinking about it, you'd be like on April 1st, like looking at it saying, well, I'd be crazy to be buying into stocks right now and selling my bonds, which, which probably went up. Well, in, in some cases they went up, but you'd be looking at that and saying, well, that I, I can't do that. But if it's systematized, you would have done it anyway. And you would have been rewarded for it because, you know, in early April, you would have been buying stocks at a really low point, regardless of which stocks you were buying, whether they were small or large 
or Argentina or any other country for that matter, because they were all down. And, you know, having that system, the systematic way of rebalancing a portfolio is really important because it's going to take the emotion out of that conversation that's going on in your head about whether you should or whether you shouldn't. You should. <laughs> and and it should also help you buy the thing that you may be shying away that you don't want to buy. You know, we talked about the fact that, you know, we've had several years with large U.S. companies doing extremely well in the market. Um, and so small size companies, although I talked a little bit about the fourth quarter kind of hitting it out of the park, but if you had rebalanced at the beginning of April and bought some of those small value companies, since the bottom of the market on March 23rd of 2020, that area of the market is up over 90%. And so that area that many people have been saying you need to stay away from small value because it's underperformed for several years is the exact thing that you should have been buying. And by having a system process that you're rebalancing and buying those things that may be a little bit out of favor or not necessarily the thing that you want to buy is exactly what your investment portfolio should do for you. Yeah, because your brain is is saying to move away from the pain and move to pleasure, right? So the bonds are up, the stocks are down. So a lot of people sold stocks and bought bonds. You know, fortunately for for our clients, um, that wasn't the case. They didn't do that because we talk about this all the time. We talk about this a lot. We talk about this in our workshops and everything. And um, I think that really leads into lesson four, which is about emotions. And lesson four is don't let your emotions drive the bus. So it's important when you do have those emotions and that's influenced by what's going on in the world is to not allow them to make your investment decisions for you. And so it's important that we take that into consideration as we're making our investment decisions. And we'll talk a little bit more about emotions and your instincts and the perceptions that influence your decisions right after this. When you're confident around money, you have the freedom to dream a little bigger. Hi, I'm Renee Danino to tell you about Hammond Isles Wealth Advisors. Their team wants to see you and your money thrive, so they offer financial coaching, globally diversified portfolios, investing classes, and more. They've helped hundreds of families here in Connecticut and across the U.S. enjoy healthier relationships with money. For a no-obligation, no-charge consultation, call Hammond Isles Weathersfield office at 860-258-2600 or visit HIWealth.com. Finally, feel empowered, confident, and comfortable when it comes to financial decisions. Hammond Isles is here for you in this ever-changing world. Create the future you imagine. Feel confident about money. Worry less. Call 860-258-2600 or visit HIWealth.com. Welcome back to Your Money, Your Purpose with Greg Hammond and Scott Isles. And today we're talking about four investment lessons to learn from 2020. Um, so if you're taking notes, we've talked about lessons one, two, and three so far, and just barely touched on four. But if you'd like to write them down there, first, if someone can predict the financial markets, they wouldn't tell you. Um, so don't uh, believe those guesses and forecasts or predictions of the future. The second is don't cry for Argentina. Diversification is important. And we talked about the areas of the world that had tremendous returns this last year. 
but you wouldn't not have participated or gained that much uh, if you weren't invested in a diversified portfolio around the world. The third lesson is set it and forget it. Let rebalancing do its job. Uh, it's important to take the emotion out of rebalancing um, and so that you can allow the systematic process of rebalancing, of buying what's low or out of favor to sell what's high, uh, which will naturally work against what we typically do of trying to buy something when it's doing well, high and, and selling when we're panicked or low. So allow a systematic process to rebalance your portfolio. And the fourth lesson that we just touched on briefly before the break is don't let your emotions drive the bus. And it's important to realize that the formula for investing success includes two parts. You can have the best globally diversified portfolio, absolutely invested to the T, but if you are not a good investor in controlling your emotions and behavior, it's all out the window because you can have the best portfolio, but if you sell it all on March 23rd, which was the bottom of the market, you've lost out. And so it's really important to realize the benefit of having a financial coach in your corner to help mitigate some of those emotions when they do arise, uh, as well as staying in a community, whether listening to our radio show and podcast or attending some of the free education workshops that we offer online, to stay in a community that can help you through that. Yeah. So when you think about your emotions driving the bus. I mean, there's always something going on in the world. There's always a reason that people can come up with that they should they should get out or they should sell or maybe even buy for that matter because it works both ways. There are a lot of times that people are chasing returns. So they're buying the thing that's hot and they're emotionally charged around that. A lot of people would want to go out and buy Apple stock right now. So when we when we were talking about our emotions, it's really hard to rein those in, which is why we have a community of investors. And you know, we get together and we and we have these conversations. And when we look back at history and just in the last 20 years, there have been three market crashes. You know, there was Y2K and the, the tech bubble bursting and 9-11 and obviously the financial crisis of 2008 and then obviously this pandemic. And a lot of people lost a lot of money when they acted on their emotions. So actually, leading up to 2000, their emotions were in tech stocks and getting rich quick and large U.S. companies only to see a disaster happen right after that, where a diversified portfolio actually got through those following three years in, in good, actually in really good shape. Most people don't know that. But the emotions go both ways. It's the fear and then it's also the excitement that gets people, you know, wanting to jump in, um, you know, potentially at the wrong time. And it's keeping that long-term outlook for your money and having a coach, you know, that'll help you through these rough patches. And it, it was amazing to me when I reflect again on, on uh, 2020, how many people found extra money to invest in, April and May, as opposed to reacting in fear, they were looking at it more as, hey, this could actually be an opportunity. Having a globally diversified portfolio, it's probably not going to zero. So the alternative is, you know, the markets will go up and just focusing on on that long term and having the, the purpose for the money 
and a real reason to invest kind of helps keep the emotions in check, um, having a plan and, and knowing what, what you're investing for, you know, really, really helps. And I know, Greg, that, you know, you have some stats on um, just missing a few days in the market and what that could do to a portfolio. Absolutely. Because I, I still remember the day, it was uh, the Tuesday morning, March 24th, the day after the bottom. And I picked up the phone and the client who I had already spoken to three times that month about their portfolio, about staying true to the investment portfolio, was on the phone with his wife in the background. And he told me that they just couldn't take it. They needed to get out. And I can still feel the knot in my stomach from that phone call because I knew that it was not the right thing for them to do. And yet they couldn't take it any longer. The emotional drain on the market going down uh, really pulled on them despite my coaching. And unfortunately, many people did the exact same thing. By allowing their emotions to drive the bus to make those investment decisions, they get out or in an investment or they get out or in the market. And many times they miss a lot of that. And statistically, it's not to your benefit. Many people think, well, I'll get out and when the waters calm down, I'll get back in. But when we look over the 20 years from 2000 to 2019, if you miss just the five best days in the stock market, your total return over that 20-year time frame would be reduced by a third, by 33.7%. For just five days out of 7,300 days over that time frame. So it's important that when we take a look at the stock market and that you take the time to have a conversation as to how much risk do you want to take that you're comfortable with through thick and through thin, and that's how you should be invested. And that's the power of having somebody coaching you through that conversation. And that goes back to your point of set it and forget it. It's not like a lazy man portfolio that you just throw something together and you forget about it and you know and you hope for the best. It's understanding the amount of risk you are taking with your money and then realizing the impact when there is a crash. Like kind of stress testing the money. You know, we've like I said we've had three crashes in the last 20 years and we can kind of see, you know, what would that look like? And then you have to think about okay, let's say I have $100,000 and I lose 30%. Well, 30 it's 30%. Well, if I have a million dollars and I lose 30%, it's $300,000. So when you put dollars to it, and then you think of the context of what's going on in the world at the same time. So it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm down 30% or I'm down 30,000 or 300,000. But what's the narrative in the media at that time as well? doom and gloom. So on top of the fact that you lost money, you also have the media like 24-7 telling you how bad it is and how bad it's going to get. And people capitulate. They, Even though they thought they can handle that amount of risk, turns out they really, they couldn't. So being honest with yourself and, and having that conversation with someone and really looking at it, not just dollars and cents, but really the, the information that's being um, put out there at the same time could make it even more frightening. So to summarize what we've talked about today, the four investment lessons to learn from 2020 
is if you can predict the financial markets, they wouldn't tell you. The second is don't cry for Argentina. Uh, diversification is important, not only globally, but also in the size of the companies that you're investing in. The third is to set it and forget it and let rebalancing do its job. And the fourth is don't let your emotions drive the bus. There are a lot of things going on. There's always going to be uncertainty in the world, but having a successful investment portfolio stays true to the risk return preference that you have decided on with your financial coach for your portfolio. And so the three cardinal rules of investing to answer all four of those investment lessons is to own stock for part of your portfolio, have it globally diversified, and rebalance on a systematic basis. So we thank you for listening today. We're grateful that you shared your time with us, and we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions about the the four lessons from 2020 or would like to talk a little bit about your risk return in your portfolio, you can reach either of us at hello at hiwealth.com. You'll also find and be able to connect, friend, and like us on LinkedIn or Facebook. And you can find more information and a link to the blog post talking about the four investment lessons to learn from 2020 in our show notes at yourmoneyyourpurpose.com, along with a replay of this show and all of our previous episodes. At Hammond Isles, we are out to empower families across three generations to have more comfort and confidence about their investments. So please don't keep this show to yourself. If your children won't listen to you, have them listen to us. And that goes for your parents too. Help those you care about by sharing this show with them, or even better yet, invite them to join you at one of our upcoming virtual workshops. You can find all of the details on our website at hiwealth.com. And until next week, be well, stay safe, and live life on purpose. Advisory services offered through Hammond Dials Wealth Advisors. Securities offered through Saros Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA, SIPC. Not affiliated with Hammond Dials Wealth Advisors.